Hey everyone, welcome back to Heart Sprained. Hey Nadine. Hi Mish. How are you? Um, <laughs> honestly, I've been I've been better. You're not well, are you? I'm not okay. I am not 100% okay. And let me tell you why. Because today was my team outing for my job. Because I'm sure to everyone's surprise, I do have a full-time job (laughs) in addition to this podcast. But my team's outing was at Six Flags, Magic Mountain. If you don't know what Six Flags is, it's an amusement park. And, oh my God, Michelle, I've never felt 30 like I did today. I feel like for you. I feel like I have secondhand six 30. Yep. (laughs) I, Oh, it's funny because I went into this thinking like, okay, it's been a few years since I've been on a roller coaster. I'm wondering if I still love them because I used to like ride them. Like it's nothing I could, you know? Yeah. And you get on the line and you're like, whatever. Let's do that again. That was so cool. Michelle. No, it was not so cool today is your body just like shaking like you're still going through the motions like it's like (laughs) honestly my center of gravity is not well like it's not I feel myself drifting to the side I'm like what happened to me like they had this one crazy one it's called x2 and it's okay figure this out it's chairs that spin while it the actual car is going upside down and backwards and like no. all this other shit. So yeah, when you're so you younger, can... when you're younger, it's like oh my god, that was crazy. Like the more ridiculous like things that the roller coaster does, the better. But as an mm-hmm. adult, you're like oh oh no no my bones Mm-mm. no my every, my stomach is churning my brain is scrambled. <laughs> I literally would just I just couldn't stop thinking of the like the actual fact that human bodies were just not designed to withstand that level of pressure to withstand that level of velocity to withstand any of the things that those roller coasters put your fucking body through it's just not we're not we're not made for that it's it's unnatural do you think that they study the effects or i don't think so i think we're all walking around with scrambled brains and like upside down body parts inside no because uh, and the other thing too that I was thinking I'm like who is the sadist that sat there in the room and was like I have a brilliant idea yeah. for a roller coaster and they come up with these fucking crazy things that are honestly like I got off of that roller coaster and I was like listen <laughs> if this big one that everyone's so f- fucking afraid of in California this big earthquake uh, is even like I don't know if it's anything close to this. I'm moving right now. Okay. Well, but- I will tell you that <laughs> an actual <laughs> earthquake is terrifying and you should probably move home. So, I mean, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, it feels like nothing can like, I feel like like indefeatable. So you're more afraid, afraid of a roller coaster. <laughs> Honestly, I think so. I feel like X2 is really great preparation for the big one and everyone in Southern California should go ride it and you won't be afraid of earthquakes. Oh my God. Yeah, it's not good. I, I did not feel fantastic today after that. I felt weird. And so if I say things that don't make sense, let's just like all attribute it to what happened to me today. Your brain also, is upside down. My brain's upside down. And also the funniest part of all of this is that my biggest injury came from not even a roller coaster. I was, there wasn't a ton of people there today because it's in the middle of the week. So the lines were pretty quick to go through. So we were just hopping and like going under some of the metal bars to like get through the lines quicker. Right. Oh, God. And I 
threw my head back and hit it on one of the middle bars when when I went to slide under it. So I hurt myself not on a roller coaster. Listen, like it honestly could have been worse going on roller coasters during Mercury retrograde. So to be honest with you, that crossed my mind. And there was a moment when I was on this other ride called Tatsu and I, it basically flips you. So you're supermaning kind of. Again, and yeah, I know, right? Like, can everyone stop supermaning? I want hoe? one where, like, I'm laying down and it lulls me to sleep <laughs> for three minutes. Honestly, yes, <laughs> I do want this um, for sure. So that's one thing. But then I was on this thing, and I kept thinking, I'm like, all it is be- the only thing between me and death is this like metal vest yeah. that some like 18 year old guy who doesn't care about anything definitely not this job had the task of making sure was secure on me oh my so i'm just sitting i'm like if this snaps like that's i just kept thinking i'm like what would i grab onto like what would i do oh oh nothing i would fall and plummet to my death and i'd be all over the local news no that's like yeah a nightmare see i get in my own head too much i was not built as an adult for roller coasters but no child that's my jam no. The one thing I kept thinking though, I'm like, well, if I did splatter, would they mention oh our God. podcast? I really hate you. Would they mention it though? They'd be like, I would co- make sure. <laughs> co-founder of Heartsprint. That's so sad and pathetic. Co-founder <laughs> of six episode Heartsprint. <laughs> You'll have to carry the show solo. No, I couldn't do it. That's oh, terrible. Terrible. Well, I'm glad but anyway, you survived. Thank you. Same. I'm, I'm feeling okay at best. Yeah, so we can... Anyway, uh, that was my day. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that, Nadine. Thank you. It was the opposite of, like, good press for Six Flags, but... I I mean, listen... They're not going to sponsor us, so... No, they're fucking not, but they did, I did, you know, I did try their churro at the end of the day, and that was pretty, pretty bomb. Kind of made up for, like, the upside-down intestines that I have, but (laughs) it's okay. Yeah. But we're good, so... Okay, cool. Yeah. So today we want to finally talk about um, the five love languages. Uh, Yay! We keep referring to them. Everyone reaches out about the love languages and I feel like it's so necessary. It's like a foundation to build upon and we can refer back to this a million times now. Um, So let's see. So the the five love languages, um, they're from a book by Gary Chapman. Um, in the mid nineties, which shout out to my cousin, Nicole. Hi, Nicole, if you're listening, Hi, uh, Nicole. <laughs> she actually lent me a book. I, I, I am not sure if it was his book, uh, probably like five years ago. Um, and that's when I first learned about them and I was so fascinated and it was like a really quick read. Um, and it was so relatable and I, I feel like there's no one on earth who has like a soul that won't relate to this. Um, mm. so basically your the love language, um, it's, it's how we feel loved and appreciated. So, um, important to note, a lot of people ask this, um, you don't have to have, and you likely will not have the same love language as your partner. Um, that's not really what it's about. It's really just about like, not just self-awareness, but also knowing, um, what your partner needs and, and what their needs are and like how to meet them. Um, and there might be like a roadblock in your relationship if you're not addressing their needs. Um, and that could be a major cause of a breakup. So that's why we're talking about it. Um, a little debate here between Nadine and I, like how many love languages you can have. 
Well, yeah, because you can't have five. There's but five. I did read on the on um, Gary Chapman's website, I guess, that like you can't have three. Because I was like, do I have three? I would Here's, have like extra. You would have like, yeah, you would have like hidden pockets of. You'd have yeah. love languages that don't exist. I'm like love language bilingual, right? Trilingual. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're always an overachiever, like in your fucking love languages, Jesus. Like, give the rest of us a shot. Here. I'm so sorry. It's but- fine. You know, it took me a long time. I really didn't know what my love languages were until probably today when we were really talking about it. Um, <laughs> so this is a surprise to all of us. Um, so we can get into it. So the first one. Did you one, take the quiz or did you just like read about know, them and like identify yourself? I didn't take the quiz because I Well, then like, I don't believe you. Okay, I'll take the quiz after this. But <laughs> I feel like I know myself enough to know like what I'm into don't you think did you take the quiz to know you I did take the quiz and I was like you know what these make sense I agree did you not know how shallow you were Uh, to be honest I surprised myself even with the level of shallowness wow cool okay we'll get to that yep can't Um, wait okay so the first one is words of affirmation these are like compliments like oh my god you look amazing in that or oh my god you're so funny you're the funniest person I know I love that. Like, I cannot hear that enough. Oh, my God, Michelle, you are, like, the funniest no, not person literally that I know. That, but, like, I love that in my relationship. But thank you. <laughs> oh, so not from me. No, it could be from anyone. I, I don't know. I wonder if these translate outside of relationships and, like, what it's, we need in life. Um, yeah. Ooh. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Next I time. love that. I, I, I feel like as everyone's hype woman, unofficially, I feel like I just really appreciate <laughs> genuine compliments because that's like how I love other people I get it yeah I, I I mean who doesn't love to hear from their person that you know you look great or and it's not even just the compliments piece I think just actually saying what you know you feel yeah so if, some people just don't know how to say I love you or mm. they don't know how to say like you mean the world to me like those they don't think in terms of linguistics I guess yeah so they think that they're showing you, you know, and, and maybe there are other love languages, but because they're not so good with the words, they don't always say it. But if you're somebody that needs to hear it, like, I love you, or I want to spend the rest of my life with you or whatever, you know, you mm. like, sometimes you need to hear the sentiments, even though you may both be working towards those things, or you may both right. be like feeling those things. Right. Some people just need a little bit more. They need to hear the words. You know what it is, too? I really don't like the unknown. And I, even if it's bad, I would rather somebody just, like, tell me or, or mm-hmm. just, I guess, because I'm also a planner. Like, I like how, you know, Mike or even early on would be, like, um, yeah, I want to marry you. Or, you're, you know, very early, like, just tell me, affirm this relationship. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, I think that it kind of, I need that over communication, so. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's not yours, I, but that's no, not yours. it's not. Okay. No, I'm not somebody that needs to hear the words often, which bodes very well for Shady because um, he's not a big words person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like he talks a lot, but it, in terms of just, you know, feelings and things like that's not, it, it's not always his strength necessarily. Yeah. Um, very communicative in a lot of other ways that make me feel appreciated and supported and all of that. But from a, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, I don't need to be texted constantly. Like I miss you or I love you or whatever. Like I am fine without those things, but I know a lot of people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes sense that that's not for everyone, but in my mind, I'm like, how could you even function without, not that I'm getting compliments all the time, but just like, 
you know, affirming right. comments. Um, okay. It's funny because he asked me early on, too, like, what my love languages were. So I'm sure if I had said, like, words of affirmation, he would make more of an effort to say those things. That's but so because interesting. I, yeah, it's not. And he it's asked not. that. I like that. Yeah. I think that yeah. should be, like, an early. I would probably ask that in, like, a first date. <laughs> yeah he, he asked me so early I know and I was like uh, and I didn't even ask his because I didn't know at the time that I cared necessarily oh. which sounds terrible I know I mean now I care yeah um but at the time I was like I don't you know I, it felt so soon for yeah. someone to like know that about me and I was like oh my gosh it is a little personal because it's then very it's, personal it's like you're telling them how to make you feel good how to love you it's like very right. you feel very vulnerable with it yeah. right but yeah, so that's an interesting one. Um, the second one is acts of service. So these are like actions speak louder than words, people. Um, whether it's like picking up their dry cleaning for them, making their lunch. Um, like it's things that take something off of your partner's to-do list. It means a lot to them that it's one thing off of their plate. Mm. Does this do it for you or no? No, I feel nothing about this one. I, I mean, like, like no, I don't. Okay. No, I'm not going to say I feel nothing about it. I'm going to say it's not one of my primaries at all. Like, okay. Obviously, I appreciate when my partner does something really nice, you know, that I needed. Or like, for example, like we were going, we were going to the beach with a group of friends and I had mentioned that like I didn't have a beach chair. Oh my God. So a couple of days later, he was like, oh, hey, like I bought you a chair, so don't worry about it. Like that was nice. But then that can also go into like, the gift giving one. Oh, so maybe... that's actually very true. That was really sweet. It was. Oh my god, it was so sweet. It made my heart melt. I was like, oh. yeah, that is kind of tied in too. Yeah. Like... So it's funny to me because I, it, again, it's not that I don't appreciate when you know a partner does something like for me. You know, whether it's putting mm-hmm. the dishes away or you, oh, your car is needs an oil change. Let me take care of that for you. Like, of course, I appreciate it, and it makes me feel appreciated and valued. Right. But it's not something that like if I if never happened that I think because I've been single for so long and I was on my own for so long that I did a lot of that stuff myself right. that I kind of just got used that makes to it. Sense. Um, but it's I mean again like I said it's nice it's just not like a must have for me. I bet you that these can change over time too. I yeah like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I think this is probably my second one just because. I don't know, like just being like a mom, right? <laughs> like right. Mike doing something for me, I'm just like, oh my god, you were an angel. Like I, I'm so glad I don't have to do that thing now. Right. Um, okay, cool. Uh, the next one is receiving gifts. So this, hey, <laughs> there you are. Um, there I am. This is fulfilling wants instead of needs. So like an act of service is like more needs fulfilling. This is just like you feel loved from like tangible items and the thoughtfulness that goes into spending money on you mm-hmm. for something like that you would want something like, you know, that's not like a necessity, something fun, something nice. I think that's nice. It's not for me, but I think it's nice. See, I love this one, but it's not always about the money or anything or something that I want. It's almost a sign to me. Like for example, the story I just told about the beach chair, mm-hmm. like I love that because he paid attention to something that I said. Mm-hmm. I never said I'm going to go buy one or like, I'm going to do this. I was like, okay, I'll just bring a towel we didn't talk like it was a very very small piece of a conversation that's cute and he paid attention to it and he and he got me one and I was like that's really sweet same thing with like you know like I don't know if you make a comment like 
oh crap like my favorite coffee mug broke Mm. and then they like show up with it like I like those types of gifts it's not necessarily like go buy me like a Tiffany necklace oh there I was thinking you were that girl right (laughs) but that's what that's where I think the misconception comes from when people say that their primary language is gift giving or something I think it's just you know like if I see something when I'm out and it reminds me of him like I'll pick it up and I'll be like oh like it's just it's small it's thoughtful it's just shows it's it's an easy way to show like this is how much you mean to me. I'm thinking about you even when I don't need to be thinking about you. Right. Um, and I paid attention to things that you've said to me and I'm showing you that through this gift. I like that. See, I, you know, that's one that like I have such a hard time connecting to. I'm just not a gift person in general. Mm. I don't really know why, but the way you put that makes it sound nice and I want a gift. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in a very like gift heavy family. <laughs> like... Okay. Well, yeah. I probably did too. I don't know. I'm just strange. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, that's, it's funny because that's just how my family shows love. <laughs> it's like, nice. like for birthdays and stuff, like we go all out with the gifts. It's not like a, Oh, here's a card. Like, yeah. you know, it's... And I love to see, like, I'm someone who's always just like, just get me a card. Write me a nice note. Oh, see, so no, I don't care. Who we are. I know. You like words of affirmation. Where yeah, I'm like, where's my gift? Ew, I don't, this is too much. This is too dead on. <laughs> I feel too seen. Yeah, too, too exposed. <laughs> Although, okay. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love reading the nice things people say on Instagram about us. So, yeah, honestly, it's not that I don't why, need. Like, I get excited. <laughs> right. I do, too. And it's not even my love language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The next one we talk about a lot. Quality time. So these people want you to give your time and your attention to them. That's their currency. Um, so it may require you to change your schedule, sacrifice your time. Mm-hmm. A big thing that I think is like putting your phone away. Like when you're with this person, they really don't want you to be distracted. And like they want your time, your attention. They want you to be focused on them, be present around them. Yeah. It's not so much <laughs> just the time. It's quality time exactly kind of where it comes from I get that I think I mean that's that's you know that's Shady's primary one so I that one's it's it's not not mine I guess but it's also just like not in the top two it's not Um, mine either yeah but I appreciate it and I know it's his so I definitely go out of my way to do it but it's funny because for some people if you don't need quote-unquote quality time you think that if you just tell them that you care that they're gonna feel Mm -hmm. loved but if they don't get to spend that time with you, then it's like, well, what does this mean? You know, like what? Yeah. So I go, I, I try really hard to, to do that just because I know it's important to him. But it's that can be a really big reason why someone saying to you, like, we never spend time together. But then you're like, I just saw you a couple of days ago, but maybe all you did was like run errands. It wasn't, right. it it wasn't, wasn't quality. quality. Yeah. It's more about like having like an actual date or spending time together, you know, just at home doing, you know, whatever you guys like to do and making sure that the time, even if it's not super frequent, but it's meaningful and it's, you know, there's connection and there's intimacy involved in it and that you guys are going out of your way to like do things that the other's interested in. And that's kind of really what it comes down. It's not just about the frequency of what you see someone. It's about what you're actually doing when you're together. Yeah. That one is like a big one. I think that one requires a lot of effort mm-hmm. more so than the other ones because um, yeah. you know life isn't really set up around that sometimes so it is I think that that one has a big payoff for for the person you know 
who's getting who needs the quality time and it does it does take that equal like equally big amount of effort mm-hmm. <laughs> to put in so um bravo you quality Thank- time people yeah um, it's nice though because it, it also forces you like even if you're not yeah. somebody who who needs it it forces you to pay attention to the relationship which i think gets lost a lot do you know what I kind of think of though? Not what? to steal your movie, your two, early two thousands movie, uh, <laughs> Thunder. Oh my gosh, I love this. No, go. You ready? I cringe though. So no offense, quality time people, quality time people, but um, what's her name? Andy Sachs from uh, Devil Wears Prada. When mm. her boyfriend like is so mad because it's his birthday, but she has like a huge event to go to, and he's pouting at home, and she, and she still comes home with a cupcake, and he's like, dude, I'm not a gift person like your cupcake means nothing to me i want to spend mm-hmm. quality time with you and he pouts about it and like that's maybe why it annoys me a little bit to, to be fair like <laughs> i i see both sides of are you one. defending him i mean like no because no, he was an asshole in the movie but like i kind of i i i'm not defending him i'm just saying i understand that his was perspective like he has I know. to understand i know but her job was like i mean I get it. Like sometimes you're going to have competing priorities in your life, but <laughs> if you're not going to even make an effort for the person on their, you know, on their birthday, like, I don't know. That's just, I mean, maybe because I'm a birthday person, I took that yeah, to but heart. What was, I, I'm going to like defend this movie. I'm going to talk about the movie for another hour. <laughs> no. Listen, so, of course I totally get it, but like, I'd be pissed if I were him. I'd be pissed. I, I can't believe it. Would you be would mad be... at me? I need to know this as your friend. <laughs> no, I no birthdays. I don't get mad at for friends. I get more mad at like partners if they like don't like do it. Not that right. they have to do anything crazy, but no, I expect you to spend that day with me. Like it's yeah. my it's my day. Why wouldn't you? But like for friends, it's different because birthdays come once a year. Like I'd be mad if like you didn't come to my wedding. Like I'd be yeah. that would piss me off. Yeah. You know because be that's there. a that's a one and done deal. You know <laughs> exactly. But. I think in general, like something like a birthday, like, no, I get it. Like yeah. that's a little, but no, I definitely expect my partner to be free. Interesting. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, no offense to everyone I just offended, including you. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. No, I get it. Is this birthday a love language? Oh my God. I swear. We could, I was just thinking we could have a whole episode on birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> we really could. How A lot of people break up around birthdays. Oh my God. Don't you die around your birthday too? That was morbid oh, but wow that's heard dark that. that's dark that's a whole different kind of sprain mm-hmm. so anyway <laughs> and we segue back <laughs> uh so the last one is physical touch so holding hands kissing hugging maybe a little pda um these people have what i learned in my sexuality uh studies class is called skin hunger at least i'm diagnosing them with that um they like crave like that touch it's an actual feeling i so understand that um when you're in a fight like my recommendation as somebody who who kind of like this is definitely one of my languages like hug them you know mm-hmm. don't use your words as much in that situation like hug them show them affection hold their hand i think that really conveys like a feeling of connection and, and love mm-hmm. this is my number one love language <gasps> Wait, it is. I thought gifts. I thought no, gifts was my secondary. Oh my god. Yeah, this How is do you my feel number about one. PDA though. Um, I don't really engage in it, okay. but I guess it depends on what you define as PDA. Like, I'm not gonna like, you know, right, make right. out in public, you know. But like at hold the same hand. time, it's yeah. like I'll hold hands. Like that doesn't bother me, you know. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I am somebody that needs that like 100%. I and, like need it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if even like when we're driving, like yes. he'll put his hand out and I hold it, you know what I mean? Like stuff. I need that. I, it, yeah. it, I don't really feel, I could probably live without gifts, but I don't think I can yes. be happy in a relationship without this. Do you understand the, the skin hunger thing? I do. I hate that phrase, it's but like, I don't like it. I picture it like an animal. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I don't like it. I picture it's like just... teeth on skin. It's kind of, I know. And it's um, like, it's like Pac-Man, like looking for yes. physical <laughs> attention and love. Like, but I don't I like feel, it. I could feel that. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember yes. like this, I don't know, but um, I think that that's one that can make somebody feel really isolated and sad if they're not mm-hmm. getting that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. And I think it's, it's one, it's such an easy one to give someone. I know. Just like hold their hand. Yeah. You don't have to go out and pay attention to what they say and buy them gifts. Like, no, just literally hug your person. Yeah. And you know, I think that couples therapists always say like, when you come home from work and when you're leaving for work, always kiss your partner. The first thing you do a hug Mm -hmm. and a kiss, it changes the entire day and the whole energy between you two. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. It's just like very, it's so important to keep that physical intimacy there. And yeah. and it's funny though, because if you're someone who's, we've talked about attachment styles mm-hmm. here. And if you're someone who's an avoidant, which I am, and you know, trying not to be, but sometimes that physical touch component, even though it's what you need to feel connected, it's actually the last thing you're willing to give. So when you're getting to know someone like I had such a huge wall up with that for so long and it took me a really long and it wasn't even because I was like intentionally guarding myself I just I didn't want to I was so like I don't I don't want it I don't want you to hold my hand I I just I was so uncomfortable by it because it's so tied into intimacy and if you're an avoidant you're like well no I don't want you to do things that make me feel good or make me happy or make me feel loved because and then what happens when you take it away? So it's very – It's really sad. It is really sad. But it's interesting kind of understanding how all of those things connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, once you get past that barrier and you kind of are willing to take that risk and be vulnerable and then you do it, it's so easy to maintain. And, you know, that kind of ties into what I wanted to say next. Like it's, it goes back to communication again. Um, Mm -hmm. but on both ends, I think like your expectations of what you are willing to give and what the other person is willing to give and what you want, you both want to receive. My, one of, one thing that I always say is expectations are premeditated resentments. I think that's Mm -hmm. also from, uh, he's just not that into you, but yeah. Amazing Um, book. Yeah. Expectations are premeditated resentments. Meaning like if you expect these things, like these love languages to be fulfilled without your partner knowing and acknowledging and willing to give you love this way. Mm-hmm. You're just basically, it's just a recipe for resentment. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's not, it's not really that hard no. to just kind of listen to your partner and even just like ask the question. Like, and I think so many, I think a lot of relationships end because of the misunderstanding between love languages. I mean, when I think I back, do too. yeah, that's like why we're I, here. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I think when I when I think back to like my one major relationship when I was younger, though I was you know in it for six years almost, and I think back to the dynamics of that, and really when we fought and how it ended and all of those things, I'm like, I think it really did come down to different love languages. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember he was going away to school, and I threw him a going away party, which he 
didn't really care much for. But mm. that was my way of kind of showing like, you right. know, like I love you and I care about you and I'm proud of you. But he was like, I don't need all this. Like you're doing this like for you, not for me. Oh. And I was like, what? But how could you not feel like appreciated or, you know, and it's, and there were so many of those misunderstandings kept happening. Right. Where and I think nobody we were, feels good. No, nobody feels feel good. Loved. You don't feel appreciated. Right. It's, it's, and then you're like, well, I do this, this, and this for you. And you can't even like acknowledge that. And you're questioning my, you know, my reasons for doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I also am not feeling loved because you're not doing the things that I need you to do for me. Because clear, it's almost like you're more likely and more inclined to show someone you love them in your love languages. Yes, totally. If, if you don't understand what theirs are, you know? So if you're someone who's just paying attention, you're like, well, yeah, my boyfriend or my girlfriend always does X, Y, or Z but I don't really care about those things. Just, you know, that's clearly how he or she feels love. So maybe just flip it and you give that back. And if you're not getting what you need, maybe just tell them, you know, Hey, really appreciate that you went out of your way to like buy me, you know, a new pair of flip flops cause mine broke, but I would really just rather, you know, yeah. that you tell me that you care about me or that you're thinking about me or whatever. But also acknowledge, you know, the fact that the person is sort of speaking in their love language when they do things. Um, and even sometimes that, you know, when someone comes to you with their love language and you can tell how much effort or how they really like thought that this would make your day, um, it does kind of change. It kind of turns you on and, in, in, you know, into that love language. Um, you right. kind of become a little fluent, fluent in their love language too. Like when Mike and I first started dating, um, actually before we started dating, he would always buy me like really fun snacks every time we would hang out. Oh, he would just make that. sure like he surprised me with like every gluten-free item on earth because I'm obviously oh. gluten-free. Um, and I love that. Like I was so excited. Like that really won me over. You know what I mean? I guess it's kind of gift givey. Mm -hmm. um, but it's thoughtful gift giving. It is. And it's like that act of service, I guess. Like, you know, because he'll still kind of do that. Say we get in like a fight or something. Like he'll definitely like run out to the store and be like, hey, I got you your favorite, whatever, like, you know. Your Dove chocolates or whatever. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, Dove. I know. Sponsor us, please. Oh, my God. Yes. But I want the dark. She wants to yes. get there. Remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's interesting because it's never going to be perfect. But I think you just have to be open and again, communicate and remember what your partner, you know, needs from yeah. you. Yeah. Because if you're missing the mark, yeah, you're going to just keep fighting and breaking up because you're, you're, you don't feel fulfilled. Right. And something I hear so much is like, you never want to spend time with me or you are always, you know, on your phone when we're hanging out or right. you, and, and so what does that say? It says this person's craving quality time. Right. Hearing you know? them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's almost like you have to read between the constant fights that you're having. If there's like a repetition Ooh. there, you know, under, try to use this knowledge to understand what they're actually trying to tell you they want or what they need and be aware of what you need too, because then in the next relationship you get into, you can communicate it way more clearly. Yeah. We just like, like now, hacked everyone's relationship. Yeah. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's so nice to just be able to say like, okay, I require physical touch and I enjoy thoughtful gifts. Like those are two ways that you can make me feel that you appreciate me or yeah. that you care about me. And, you know, for me to know like his is quality time, I'm like, okay, cool. And physical touch is the second one. So that kind of works out for both of us. Oh, that is nice. Um, yeah. So, and then quality time, I'm like, okay, I can go out of my way 
and make sure that, you know, we, we do that, you know, not that I wouldn't want to anyway, but yeah, maybe you make more of an effort, right? You make more of an effort to make it happen more frequently or more quality. And it's not enough to just kind of like, you know, I, I think a lot of times, especially in, depending on how the relationship dynamics are, but if you, if you're in a group of friends, right, like the same group of friends with that person, and maybe you're always constantly doing something in groups and maybe for one partner, that's enough partner time, Mm -hmm. but maybe for the other one that that doesn't count because it's not quality time with you. So making sure that there's an inherent kind of balance there, um, because I think sometimes that can get lost you know, when you're trying to say, well, I just saw you, we were at that wedding or we just spent that, you know, whole day with our friends together. And it's like, well, no, what is that? That doesn't mean anything for me. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I wonder how that does evolve like that one. Cause Mm -hmm. I think about when you're married and (laughs) you're living in the same house and like, Mm. I mean, I guess it is the focus on quality still. Right. Because you guys live together. Yeah. So you are constantly in each other's faces, but you're not necessarily right. Yeah. You know, you're not necessarily saying like, okay, like let's just sit down on the couch and watch a movie, just me and you, or let's, you know, go grab dinner. Like, you know, I don't know, whatever, just like little things like that, that are very meant for just focusing on you two. And just really, I think that's kind of how it evolves once you're living together. Right. And you know, what, what comes from, and this came up this week too, that we were talking about with everything, um, what comes from like the love languages. And so there's like the honeymoon period. And I think that's when you're like, you don't even like every love language is happening at once. Oh my God. You're, you're doing... invent. You're literally inventing new ones. Yeah. Like you're speaking every love language, you're right. doing every, throwing everything out there. You're being mm-hmm. your best selves. And, um, And then after that, you know, I think you start to learn which ones are the love language sort of through what's called the power struggle phase. Um, Mm. It doesn't get enough attention. I really think that I'm only just hearing about it now. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, this is when I guess the honeymoon phase is kind of like it's on the tail end and things are getting pretty real and you're sort of you're learning more about your partner. You're learning which love language is really important to them. Um, And I think this is when things kind of get challenging because you do have to make those sacrifices. Maybe you start to have fights. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the timing is different for everyone. I I guess this, the honeymoon phase is like around like six months, right? Um, Yeah. Typically. Um, But years ago, like, I don't know why I was such a strange high schooler. Like, they were not my glory days. Like that did not exist for me in high school, but <laughs> I, I was in like a really serious relationship and I guess I'm kind of like an old soul with this stuff. Um, so I, I was like, I feel like relationships have this thing where it's like the seven month itch, you know, you hear mm. about the seven year itch because apparently um, marriages, like the average length of a marriage is 8.2 years now. That's thing. Yeah. We learned that on episode three with Elisa. Yeah. Like she told us that. Sick. Yeah. Um, terrible. Yeah. So like the seven year itch is kind of explained, I guess a little bit more clearly with marriage, but I kind of think there's like a, this seven month itch in a relationship where, you know, you're not fully committed to that, that one year mark. I feel like when you hit one year, you're like, Oh God, I'm locked in. You know, you feel a little (laughs) bit more committed, but after the honeymoon phase and things kind of get more serious and more real, Uh, you get that power struggle. And I think some people, especially in today's like swipe society, 
Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, uh, we're kind of like, okay, there are plenty of fish in the sea. We have so many fish in overabundance. We're drowning in fish. Yeah, except they're literally rotten and floating to the surface. And disgusting, yeah. And well, honestly, maybe they're even in like the deep sea fishing. Yeah, like I think like when the- you're not out there, you're just like, looks like a good fishing day. And it's like, right, it's not, it's never a good fishing day. Yeah. Because you're in the deep sea and there's shit that like has see through eyes. <laughs> And it's like the wow. fucking, You've yeah, seen some- <laughs> I have seen some shit, man. I have been to the depths of the ocean. Yeah. And let me tell you, it is not fucking pretty. And that's why I think like with like maybe like 10 years ago, people were working through that period of the power struggle. But I think now people are like, eh, I'm not as invested. Like, eh, like I, I don't know if people are really like working through prob- problems as much as they are, as they were. Oh, Absolutely not. And, and that's a, that's a biggest thing. Here's the thing with that theory. I don't think it's just dating. I think mm. it's in everything in life. Something mm. breaks, you buy a new one. Uh, your job you, sucks. You your job sucks. Yeah. Find a new one. You quit. Yeah. You, and it's funny because my job, you know, I work in recruitment and I see this all the time. My team sees this all the time where people are not even like they'll apply to a job without even really knowing what it is. And then they'll invest a little bit, into, but they don't even want to go the full process in until right. they feel some sort of connection or whatever. It's just everyone's half in to everything yeah. all the time. And it's not just in dating. It's in every single area of our lives, but it becomes a problem more so in dating than in any other area because that's not how you get to the long lasting, meaningful, deep yeah, partnerships that so many it. of us crave. Exactly. Like the reason a partnership becomes as rich as it does is because you've survived shit together and nobody wants to put in that kind of work because you think that because there's a problem or because there's a fight or because you don't like something about this person that you can just toss it away and go find a version of it that doesn't have those things. And it's just not reality. It's, and we have too many options now. To be like, well, I don't need to put in the work. But, you know, yeah. whereas 15 years ago, you probably did because your circle of friends was only so big. Or, yeah. you know, so you found someone you liked, you connected, you picked that person and you stuck to it. That philosophy hasn't changed in terms of what makes something successful for the most part, obviously. Right. Um, but the problem is that we think we just have so many more choices that we're skittish to even try to get through a first sign of trouble. I remember like being that person though, when around that time of you had that big fight and I'd be like, you know what, whatever I, I did. I really liked being single. So I was like, whatever, I'm fine being single. I don't need this. I'm out. Like, that's kind of how I, I operate in the beginning of a relationship. So I'm really fun to date, but um, mm. I just can understand how it's just so much easier to be like, whatever, this isn't working. I'm going to find somebody who it's going to work with, but that's not how life works. I think that's like a huge theme and mm-hmm. people are just like, this person has one major flaw. And instead of being willing to just like sacrifice a little bit, they think that they're going to find somebody who doesn't have that flaw. Guess what? They will, but that next person is going to have a different flaw. It's mm-hmm. always going to be something. So it, no one's perfect. Yeah. And it's funny because again, going back to the episode on attachment styles that we talked about, but mm-hmm. there's a big, like people who go around and they say things like, I'm fine being single. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't be fine being single. I was, I think it's very important to be fine single before you enter into a real partnership with someone. But 
to say that and use that as a crutch and as an excuse to escape at the sign of trouble when you are with someone that you like, that's when it becomes a problem because yeah, you could be fine single and I'm sure you could have a very enriching and fulfilling life. But if what you want is a partnership and to share your life with someone, you're gonna have to do the dirty work. Like it's just part of it. And as long, and that expectation has not been set for so many people in our generation, I think. Yeah. So, you know, well, what do you think? Like, what does someone on the other side of this do? Like say, you know, I don't really know how people have like saved me in that situation. Like what, what do you think like people should be doing? Say someone's dating someone and it get you hit a rocky period and they're like, I'm out. Do you, how do you, do you try to convince that person? I mean, you can't negotiate a breakup, but how do you kind of save it? I don't know. I think it's, here's the thing. I don't think you can at that point. Like I think, I think it requires two things and one from each person. It requires the person who's more likely to say I'm out to make a conscious effort not to do that and Mm. to really go back to like their non-negotiables. Right. Mm. And kind of how we talked about like relationship states versus relationship traits. It's the same kind of thing, right? You're saying like, okay, does this person meet all of the things that I know I need from a partner in order to be happy? Is this a state in our relationship or is it a trait of Mm -hmm. our relationship that's making me unhappy? And to be honest at seven months, I don't know if you'll know the difference, Yeah, but you might, so you might want to stick it out if the the non-negotiables are all there and the majority of it is there. And, and you're I, just kind of, you know, yeah. I and I know. think like if you're the per, you know, if you're dealing with the person who's trying to just be done with it, maybe just like talk to them in their love language, you know, yeah. also you have to respect everything. You have to respect their attachment style. You have to respect, um, if they are someone who needs space, you have to confront mm-hmm. them if they're doing something like stonewalling when they think that they're just, you know, getting space. Um, it kind of ties into everything that we've talked about, but I think it's obviously communicating, but you don't want to smother them. I think you want to talk to them or approach them in the way that they want to be loved and and approach. Right. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I think, and again, you can't like beg someone to stay with you, but no, don't don't do that. But I think, you know, if you think it's going well and you think this person's just kind of saying that then you know like michelle said just try to talk to them in their love language and see how they respond and sometimes they might say like i'm out and if you just kind of give them space like they're like okay i overreacted i'm sorry yeah not that that's okay because i really hate people that threaten to break up yeah that's or gross. it's disgusting like it's 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 selfish it's childish it's mean. manipulative yeah. yeah it's so manipulative um, and it creates so much anxiety for the other person. And I just hate it. But I think it's, um, I always feel like it's like reverse psychology in a way. That's probably not the right um, term for that. But I just feel like they're like projecting and they're just like kind of afraid that you're going to jump them or you're not going to stand for their behavior. So they say it first, like, I want right. to break up. Like, it's just fear. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe they just want to see like what you're willing to do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, to keep them. them. Yeah. And it's so gross. Like, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Especially the older we get, like, we don't have time for these fucking games. Like, no, I get it when you're like 18, 20, maybe even 22, but you get to a certain point where you're like, listen, we are in this together knowing that it's going to have some tough shit. And if that's not where we are, then like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to play this game. That phrase, like that sentence can save so many fights so many relationships if you if you just turn to the person i think it's every love love language if, if two people are both really into each other 
-hmm. even if you're having issues, if you just say, especially if you're having issues, listen, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. It kind of like brings the guard down a little bit. Yeah. It becomes you and the person against the problem versus you against the other person, Mm -hmm. which can save so many relationships, I think, because you're forgetting who the real enemy is. Right. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and again, we're not talking, we know this is not all encompassing. Obviously there are certain things that, you know, maybe you don't really have a tolerance for and you shouldn't have a tolerance for, but in most cases, in most like mundane everyday relationship mishaps, I think if you approach things in the sense that this is both of us, I want to figure this out with you. How do we do that? Versus like you guys trying to prove a point and going back to Michelle's whole thing about the power struggle. I think that's where this can help a lot where you're saying like, okay, like you want this, I want this. What do we, how do we do this? So we're both happy. Totally. It doesn't have to be that one person's getting the way and the other person's not. Yeah. I think that's like a really bad way to look at it too. Like, okay, mm. he got his way this time and I'm going to get my way next time. Cause then you're going to just, it's going to be like tit for tat and keeping score and it, it's going to be exhausting. So keeping score is terrible. Yeah. I could see myself like being a scorekeeper back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like it's okay to like, I think the other problem too, when you get to that like seven month point or whatever in a relationship is that you, and this is terrible and I'm not saying that this is okay, but sometimes I have it in my head. Like you don't want the other person to get used to something mm. or you don't want to set a precedent yes. that you're not okay with. So you may try to stand hey. ground on things. And, and this hasn't happened for me yet, but I have done this in the past and it's gross. Like I, I don't, it's not a good thing where you're kind of like, okay, I don't want this person to think that this is always going to be okay. So I'm going right. to say something now and I'm going to make it a big deal, even though I'm <sighs> not really that mad about it. That's so real. That's it's literally so real. the thought process behind it. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. Like, I think a lot of people feel that way, like men and women, but I know I'm guilty of that thought process for sure. And again, when you go back to it and you say, you go back to yourself and you're honest and you're like, okay, I don't want to be against this person. I don't want to play this game. I want it to be us versus everything because that's why we're here. And if you kind of change your mindset a little bit from that angle and you can talk about whatever's bothering you. I mean, we encourage you to, but to, to kind of say like, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to prove that like, I'm not okay with this or right. that he can't get away with this or she shouldn't be doing that. It's not good. Don't, don't do that. And it's not going to end well. And it's just toxic. It, it really yeah. does create room for toxicity. And I think when you bring that up, like, I think it's very obvious when someone is setting like a bound, it's not really a boundary. It's just kind of unnecessary yeah. at, to talk about at that time. I say, like, if you can swing it, do it, like, whatever it is. Like, if you can sacrifice a little bit uh, for that person when they ask something of you, I, I guess, whatever the, the situation is, do it. And then, like, at a later time when it's not front and center, you're, it's not, like, happening, say, you know, just want to talk about this one thing. You know, like, set a boundary when it's not being, you know, it's not in your face. Right. Um, exactly. I think the person would get defensive. Right. You know, I do, too. I mean, as they should, because... It's like, why are you attacking me over something that's like seemingly not a big deal? Yeah. You know? Because it's not about what it's about. Boom. (laughs) Never is. Um, so speaking of just funky communication and just a very strange week between us, Nadine. 
Mm, well, it's because Mercury's in retrograde. Yep, I was just going to say, this is an ode to the frenemy we love to hate. Ugh. Mercury retrograde. It's Mercury. a good. It's a really good term for a millennial dating term of the week. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Um, I was born ready. Okay. This, this is what happens when someone who ghosted you rises from the dead. This is oh. zombieing. Oh my god! So wait, the hey stranger texts? Yes, that's a zombie in the flesh. Oh, in the decaying flesh. <laughs> wow! Run. No movie about zombies ends well. No, no. This is like the ex who comes back from the dead and tries to jump right back, like into your life, like nothing ever happened. Um, you know, people like this really lack like self awareness. They really don't have respect for you. They they feel like super entitled to just like pop back into your life like you have nothing else going on. They don't really care if you're talking to someone else. If you're, they have no regard for for your life. It's all about them, and they're gross. I hate them so much. Like just picture a zombie. Like just whenever someone does that, like they're just gross and they want to suck your soul out of your. Is that what zombies do? Mm, they eat your brains, oh, but okay. close. Well, same thing, you know. Yeah, it's really not that different. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate zombies. I hate them. I there's no way to even easily kill them. That's the problem. Like any <laughs> any movie that you've ever seen, it's like you have to get like fresh imported like Valyrian steel in your Game of Thrones fan <laughs> to like fucking kill these goddamn White Walkers. If it's like ah, like, is that a feature girl. on Instagram? Like, do they have that? It's like a <laughs> Valyrian steel filter. Like, <laughs> it's so. Weird. I like cannot even wrap my head around zombieing someone. Like, and the problem, well, no, the worst thing about zombies too is that when they bite someone, they turn them into a zombie. (laughs) Oh my god! So that shit spreads. I don't like this. No, neither. This is is a gross one. This is like orbiting in action. This is like, I don't know. It's just creepy. It's just like go away. There's never a time where you've zombied someone and the girl or guy didn't kind of think, oh, go away. (laughs) Literally. That's why people, that's why you see so many of those screenshotted texts where someone is saved in someone's phone as do not answer. Yeah. Just know when you're zombieing, like you're being screenshotted to their friends. Exactly. <laughs> you are literally being screenshot. You are sent to the group chat and everyone is saying like, oh my God, can you believe this person just texted me? It's so lame. And I always think like my first reaction when if somebody's zombieing, I'm like, wow, their life must be really uneventful. Like they must not like be doing well. Like in the dating world, if they're kind of I know, back. right? Well, like mine is like a roster, <laughs> a little black book. Yeah, mine, mine. My first thought is always, "Wow, they must have seen that fire selfie I just posted." Oh, that too. That's what I always <laughs> go to, even if I didn't post one in recent months. It's still like what I think. Oh my god! Well, listen, it's possible. Yeah, will act in strange ways, especially during Mercury retrograde. You might mm. be experiencing, um, you know, zombie takeover, zombie apocalypse right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Just stay home, lock your doors, protect yourself with all the Valyrian steel, <laughs> and you know, just just let the storm pass. Yeah, it, totally. You will arise from the apocalypse. Absolutely. Ugh. So uh, I think it's our favorite time. Break it, breakdown. Yeah, you're up. Oi. <laughs> Again. <laughs> okay, I'm going to preface this by saying I swear I'm okay. She's fine. Like with everything. But, um, so I am going to share a relationship story and a breakup that happened. This is probably the most recent 
actual relationship that ended. Um, and it ended about two years ago, almost. And I, you know, I was seeing, I had the, uh, let me start from the beginning because the story is kind of nuts, but we met when I was on vacation with, um, our other best friend and we were kind of saying one day, like, Hey, we've never been to Nashville or Atlanta. Why don't we spend the new year's kind of break going to those two cities? Let's go hang out. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we ended up spending New Year's Eve in Atlanta. And when we were there, my friend was on Bumble and she was like, I'm just going to see what the guys around here look like and what the deal is. And maybe we can, you know, just meet some guys, go out, have some fun, whatever. And I was like, okay. We get to our Airbnb. We put our things down. Not even 10 minutes later, she turns to me and she says, hey, we have dates tonight. (laughs) And I was like, uh... Okay. <laughs> I was like, who's my date? Like, what am I doing? And she, she, and she shows me like the guy she matched with. And I'm like, okay, who am I on a quote unquote <laughs> date with? Like, I don't understand what's happening. So she's like, I don't know, but he says he's fun. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll wing girl you. Like, I don't really need, like, I don't, it's fine. Like we can just go have fun. So the uh, fast forward, basically we end up meeting, you know, these guys and you know, we leave Atlanta eventually because we don't live there and the two of us continue talking to those guys and she actually um, was in a relationship with the one and I sort of kind of was but wasn't it was a kind of a weird gray area Um, but he didn't even live in Atlanta he lived in Detroit he was just visiting his friend in Atlanta um, over that break so we're all over the place in terms of geography so I don't think it's anything I'm just like okay like we'll just keep in touch like we're just talking it's not a big deal um but we start talking every day and then it kind of you know evolves and all this stuff and he stays in touch and he's very active and very you know pursuant of me I don't even know if that's a word but um sure sure, I just made it up and uh you know we're going in whatever and he's you know and this goes on for months and the whole time I'm like half in because I'm like you don't even live here I don't know what's going on. This was during the time, too, where I was transitioning and moving to California. So I just had a lot going on that I just couldn't really focus on this. Um, so anyway, we stayed in touch. Eventually, like, you know, we're, neither one of us is seeing or talking to anybody else. So it kind of just is what it is. Um, it's a relationship as much as we didn't really want to call it that, but that's what it was. And um, we, you know, it starts to get a little you know, he comes out to California when I moved, you know, he wanted to visit and, you know, make sure that I was set up okay and all that good stuff. And it was really supportive, really sweet, um, helped me find my apartment, you know, did a lot. And, you know, again, it's very relationshipy with all the things that are going on. Um, of course me being in California posed the challenge, you know, when he went back to Michigan, because we are now in different time zones, which is very challenging from a relationship perspective. I mean, New Jersey and Detroit were a lot easier because at least you're on the same time zone and your life is kind of matched up. But when you're in uh, three hours apart, it, it poses a bit more of a challenge. So I could feel like it was wearing off and I think we both knew it, but we didn't want to say it. Um, I had been thinking about ending it, you know, formally for, you know, a couple of weeks, but uh, I hadn't really said it and, you know, I was busy. My cousin was visiting and all this stuff. And 
uh, he went back and lived his life. And you can kind of just tell, like, the texts aren't as frequent. The calls aren't as frequent. Like, the pet names aren't being used. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's sizzling out. Like, we're, we both kind of get it. And I really didn't want to commit any effort or time to the relationship when I had just moved across the country and I was starting this new job. I was going to meet all these new people. Um, and I just, I, it, it was not something that I really saw a huge future with. So I was kind of mentally there, but hadn't, I felt so guilty about the idea that I had to break up with this guy. Right. Like I felt, and I think that's something we can all relate to at one point or another. So anyway, um, I remember there was this one night, you know, maybe a few weeks, it was like, I would say five weeks or so after he had left California and went back to Michigan. Um, I was getting a facial and I was leaving the facial and my phone had a billion text messages and I checked my phone and it's, it's our, it's my best friend. And she's like, Holy crap. Like, did you see our shared photo album? And let me back up by saying that when um, a few months before this, my friend and I had gone on a trip to Iceland and instead of sending, you know, the same exact pictures back and forth, we just made a shared iPhoto album and we invited our boyfriends into that album to see like, you know, everything. So that album still existed and the four of us were still in this album. And even, you know, even though like, you know, me and my ex were kind of fizzling out and whatever, it just wasn't going anywhere. Um, the access to the album was still there. So I read her text messages and she says, did you see our shared album? Holy crap. Like, who's this girl? Like, who is this guy? Like who, what's going on? And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. So then I go and I see in my notifications in the shared iPhoto album. And who do I, what am I seeing in this Iceland album? Oh, it is my ex slash current, but I don't really know what to call him at this point with his, new wife and how did you know it was his wife oh because they had wedding rings on in the I photos and not so these and photos you had, were like still been talking oh though. we were literally still yeah it wasn't like it was just like again we both understood that this was not going to like be completely fulfilled because we knew that like I live in California and he lives in Michigan and right. he can't move and I can't move and we don't like we both knew, but no one but had like, said anything, right? Like, we were just still dating. Like, right. Especially, up. especially, no, that would come <laughs> up. Like, I think it's, like, worth mentioning, right? So, anyway, I see these photos, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this? So, I screenshot one where the rings are very obvious, and I send it to him, and I'm like, what is this? And he says to me, oh, this is really embarrassing. And I'm like, what... I don't understand. Like, what the fuck do you mean? This is really embarrassing. So then he goes in and he dives into the whole apology. He's like, I am so in the wrong. Like, I know, like I fucked up. Like I, you know, I have nothing to say. I didn't want you to find out this way. Like, I really wanted to tell you blah, blah, blah. And like, tell me what, that you're fucking married. I can't like, what does that mean? And you know, then we go into all these questions. He's like, I swear, like I met her after I left California, but, and I'm like, Oh, so you married this girl within five weeks. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) So anyway, so, um, so yeah, that, you know, went into a whole thing and I obviously was, I wasn't even upset. Like I wasn't heartbroken because again, I was, I was only ever half in it. And I, you know, this was not a guy I was ever in love with. Like I didn't, I think we've all had relationships like that where you're kind of like lukewarm and it's just almost something to do and someone who's giving you attention and you're kind of entertaining it. And 
you're not seeing anybody else. They're kind of like, whatever. Um, so from that standpoint, it wasn't devastating, but it was humiliating. And it was just so like, is this how I'm going to fucking find out? Like you were the one that chased me. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was iffy. I was the one that was thinking about breaking up with you. Uh, it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to go fucking get a wife. Like, what is that? I love how, like, I love how it wasn't just like you guys, you know, he said like, you know, I met somebody, there was no ending of the relationship, but went right to not just photos accidentally put in your album, but mm-hmm. wife. Wife. And the funniest thing about this is that, like, it's not something that I went searching for. It's kind of like Impractical Jokers when I discovered that my ex had cheated on me by being like, Wife. It's not, I never ever go look for these things. Like, they, God just wants me to know. He's like, Here, I am serving you this information on a silver platter. Enjoy. But didn't Um, the story get better too? The story got better because. So when all this went down, obviously I was livid and I just felt lied to. I felt like stupid. I felt humiliated, all these terrible emotions. Right. But also kind of relieved (laughs) that I didn't have to actually break up. And you weren't the bad guy. I wasn't the bad guy. Like this was really easy to just be like, oh, you fucked this up. Now I have no guilt because part of it in my head was like, I feel bad. Like this guy is so good to me. He Mm -hmm. is so nice. He has gone out of his way for me. He has treated me with complete respect and dignity and like, he was honestly one of the better people that I had dated, which does not say not much. hard to do. But... Give, right. Which wasn't hard to do. And it wasn't hard. And it doesn't say a lot considering how it ended. So to be so like disappointed and blindsided by someone that you thought was, you know, so good to you, it's weird. But I was, so I was relieved in the sense that, okay, I'm not like letting go of something that was like super great. <laughs> like he is married and got married basically <laughs> behind my back within a few weeks. So anyway. Um, so we go on and we end up eventually, he, you know, he stays in touch because he keeps just saying he's sorry. I don't answer him for a long time, but then eventually he says, Hey, I'm in California. Like, would love to see you. So I'm like, okay. So we end up meeting up and we end up being friends, right? We try the whole just being friends thing, you know, and it was fine. Um, you know, he, I didn't ask about the wife, you know, um, I just knew that they were still together or whatever. He swore that they weren't actually married, which doesn't make sense, but whatever, so anyway, um, I see him. We end up grabbing dinner. And it's fine. It's normal. No big deal. Uh, and, you know, we both go our separate ways. And then the next day, I don't know why, I just sort of felt compelled to, like, do a little digging on this woman that he's married to. And I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, I have a weird nagging feeling. So I just Google her name and I Google his name. And what do I find? Oh, their baby registry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I was like, we just had dinner. Like, how do you not tell me that you're having a baby in and like a she month? Do, like five minutes later. Literally, like literally like days later. <laughs> like her due date was days later. So then I was like, how are we even friends if you can't even like share this kind of like it was just so fucked up and way too weird at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, not only is this the girl that you married behind my back and uploaded pictures of into our shared photo album, but <laughs> You're also having a baby with her and trying to maintain a friendship with me and not telling me that you're having a baby, which is a pretty monumental fucking thing that you tell a friend. So it was just too weird. So I ended up screenshotting that, which is sort of a go-to move. (laughs) And I was like, I guess congratulations are in order. (laughs) That's amazing. 
And again, he's humiliated. He's like, I'm so red in the face. I'm like, you know what? Honestly, dude, oh, like, boring. we're, Weird. we're, this is not worth anything to me. So like, we're done. Like, we're not even friends anymore. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, let's just, let's just go live our lives separately. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful life with your new baby and your new wife and not me as a friend. Goodbye. <laughs> it's so, yeah. so insane. I know. That was it's a fun one. It's such a you story. I know, I know. All the the wilder the better. And then people wonder why I have trust issues. <laughs> like Yeah, but I'm you like, know this what? guy was supposed to this guy was like a safety school. Yeah, you know, it's like you're so right. sure you're gonna get in. You're so sure because he's <laughs> so good to you and you're like, Well, it's nice that like someone cares this much about me and it's like willing to do all these things for me and then in the end they fucking like I don't even know. And my poor best friend, like this is the second time she's had to like <laughs> discover something. On, oh on my god, behalf. that's so true. I know she was the one that watched *Impractical Jokers*, and she's the one that saw the photos in our photo album. She's so really she's like, saved you from a lot. I know, and it's funny because she's like literally every time, like I'm sitting on my bed doing nothing, and the information just gets ha ah, delivered right in, and then you're like, "Cool, you have no idea the shitstorm that it's about to unfold." I mean, it kind of makes everything else seem like not so bad. So anything else from here on out can't be that bad. Right. Like how much worse could things get? Honestly, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's wild. So and it's a good story. Like, honestly, if you have to go through something, at least you have good stories. That's true. It's funny. <laughs> like we laugh about it now. I mean, it's great, but it's, it's just hysterical the way that whole thing went down. And again, I think it was a blessing because I really had a lot of guilt about ending that. So it kind of worked out, but yeah, it was, and he was nice. He's just like, what a weirdo. It was such a weird, well, it's funny because his defense in case anyone's interested, so um, interested. Yeah. Well, his whole thing was like, you're the first person that I dated and was in a relationship with that. I didn't like want to hurt if that makes sense. Like, Every other time a relationship ended, like, I felt like they were, they weren't good people. So I was like, fuck you. Like, I'm walking away. Like, I'm done. He's like, I didn't want to hurt you. Like, I didn't want to, like, it doesn't make sense because he did by lying to me. He was like, the only thing I could think to do was to just marry someone behind (laughs) your back. (laughs) And then submit the photos to our album. Um, Do you think that was on purpose? I think the girl did it. on purpose I think she knew about me and like knew that he was like fresh out of something and wanted to solidify the fact that like this was over and she wanted me to know and I don't know I mean and he's a super sketchy dude like he's such a pussy like he couldn't just pick up the phone and be like listen (laughs) like I really care about you and in an alternate universe where we lived on the same coast like maybe this could be something but it's too difficult with our circumstances so, like, I think we should just call it what it is and, like, let's, let's just try to be friends since we care about each other. And that would have been totally fine with me. That would have been fine. But I never got that conversation. I never, you know, that was never it. Instead, he just went and built this whole new life and within weeks. Like, literally an entire Literally week. weeks. Yes. You know, honestly, I feel like he's the type of guy, he'd be really nice, but he's such a wuss about, like, speaking up and being mm-hmm. real I could see him having like a double life, like seven families going at once. Well, for well, he's he's halfway there. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, it's it, and that's the thing. It's like guys, especially, and I hate to you know gender stereotype, but I'm gonna. I just feel like guys hate confrontation when it comes to mm. quote unquote hurting a girl that they're with, especially if like nothing bad happened. Yeah, that's so much more damaging though. It's so much more damaging, and it's like, dude, just like 
you're not that fucking fantastic. Like, we will get over you. It's fine. Exactly. Like, you are so narcissistic if you think that this person is going oh to be God. crushed over you. Like, just fucking say, like, whatever the thing is, hey, I'm not really into this, but you've been great. Let's just be friends. That is what- so true. Like, yeah, we'll be bummed for, like, a day. But guess what? It's a lot better than having to sit here and wonder why you're not texting us back or why you're being distant or why you married someone and sent me the photos. (laughs) Like, just fucking don't was out. I love that. That's good. Yeah, so that was a fun story. Good lesson to learn. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed that one. I did. Good. I I do this for you. (laughs) I would relive it again just for you. Just, you know, for our listeners, she's done. Like, yes that's, that's it that's it right like I <laughs> promise you I'm fine I'm good all of these experiences have led me to a wonderful man yeah who I appreciate very very much yeah uh, so I'm yeah he is a gem truly um and I wouldn't be able to appreciate him as much if I didn't it's have so all true. that shit under my belt so <laughs> we take anyway. care of her we make sure she gets therapy food water shelter <laughs> that's it that's really all I need to survive in this world so anyway well thank you for sharing that that was a good one I'm glad I'm glad well so that's our episode that's it yeah Yeah. that's it we're done um anyway thank you guys so much for tuning in as always go on all the different podcast platforms spam us with five-star reviews and wonderful comments it's literally the air that we breathe (laughs) yes our love language as Michelle said, it's words of affirmation. We need you to say how yeah. much you love us. Like, don't touch us, but tell us how much you love us. Right. Like, you can touch <laughs> us from, like, afar, maybe. Um, but anyway, yes, please rate, review, share it with your friends. Uh, feel free to engage with us on social. We're yes. on Twitter and on Instagram, at Heart Sprained. Uh, if you, there's a topic you want us to cover or any comments or even critiques, criticisms, we take those, too. We do. Um, yeah, we take them well. Um, feel free to slide in the DM. And other than that, we will... Talk to you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.